0: This is Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. Uh, Aaron will be joining us momentarily. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy, happy Thursday, the 27th. Lots going on in the world today, in addition to COVID, believe it or not. It's not the only thing to talk about. The NBA didn't play yesterday. The NBA players uh, apparently had a pretty contentious meeting about what to do and how they were going to do that. And it remains to be seen whether or not they will continue with their playoffs or whether they are, you know, taking a day off or if they're just going to shut the whole thing down. Um, There was a a meeting yesterday. Apparently, um, uh, LeBron James uh, left the meeting angry. Um, You know, I don't know what the the specifics are, but uh, Yahoo Sports... Is saying that he initially planned to vote with whatever the consensus was, but he got angry and stormed out of the meeting. Now, stormed out as opposed to he, he and you know he was frustrated and walked out. Um, you know, you pick your 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 uh, modifiers there. Um, he also reports there was frustration, or that there, it's also reported there was frustration that the Milwaukee Bucks decided to initiate the walkout on their own, that they decided not to play, and then. The other teams found out about it after the fact, and in fact, their opponents literally were warming up for the game and were looking around going, where are the Bucks?" And they decided not to show up, and the other team didn't know. And so there was some irritation amongst the players that Milwaukee wasn't being more forthcoming about their intent and their their decision um, to play or not play. Um, Here's Aaron. Hi there, Aaron.
1: Hi there, Todd.
0: So I was talking about. I, I found a little bit more information about what's going on in the bubble with the NBA, and so I was just sharing that. Apparently, um, the meeting took place Wednesday uh, after Wednesday's games were postponed, and that um, uh, Vince Goodwill from Yahoo Sports reports that LeBron James had had said that initially he was going to vote just what the consensus was, just go along with everybody, but somehow something upset him at the meeting, and he says got angry and stormed out of the meeting now you know if you take out those modifiers because you don't know what's in the man's head and you just say he was frustrated and he left um you know because i mean storm does that mean he's stomping his feet i doubt it you know Did what is storm yeah <laughs> s- slamming the door behind him i doubt it you know this is Five, an adult
1: three or 13 <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, he's an adult male, so so when they say got angry and stormed out of the meeting, you know, that paints a picture that I think is probably not necessarily accurate, but I can You're see him being of frustrated. You daughters, aren't you? Yeah, but I can see him <laughs> being frustrated and say and, and frustrated and walk out and just say, you know, okay, I I can't be here. I'm done. We've had well, I we've talked as much as we can talk. Yeah, I don't know, and of course, you Inquiring know, it's a, a play,
1: know.
0: It's a players' meeting, and so you know, it may come out, but it may not. Um, they said that the votes were not final. Um, that they are uh, discussions will continue today, and that they may the the players may just say we're not going to play the finals. We're not going to continue in the playoffs. We're done. We're all going home. Um,
1: really? Would they do a po- that?
0: That's a oh possibility. I I would think you know because I mean my I, my initial reaction when I heard that, that Mil- and see and there was a lot of frustration apparently also amongst the players that Milwaukee made this decision without telling anybody else. And so, you know, their opponents were basically warming up on the court when people were going like, hey, where's the other team? And that's oh when people goodness. found out. And so there was a lot of irritation about that. They're saying, you know, like, come on, tell us what's going on. Tell us what's in your mind before you just do something like that so that we can be united. And so there was a lot of irritation about that. And apparently the Bucks were sort of like belligerent going, we can do what we want to do, you know. And so... Um, there was a lot of frustration. My initial gut feeling when I first found out that the Bucks were not there was okay. So they forfeit, they lose. You know, well, they were yeah. up three to they were up three to two. Now they're tied three to three, and there's a final game whenever they schedule it. Um, and then, uh, you know, they go forward. And quite frankly, that may be what shakes out. is some teams decide they're not going to stay, and others are. And frankly, if your if your team doesn't stay, or or certain players on certain teams may decide to leave. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, you know. Again, you know, there's, I'll tell you what, if you, if you were, a, again, this shows some of the privilege of being, you know, millionaires played, uh, paid to play a game. Um, you know, Joe, who works at a, you know, a, a uh, insert name of any business in, in San Bernardino or Riverside or, you know, Los Angeles or wherever, who just works at a regular job says, you know, I'm not going to show up because I'm protesting how uh, somebody was treated in Milwaukee and the boss says well you know you can take a sick day but if you continue to not show up don't come back you don't have a job here anymore exactly Um, you know and and you
1: have to think the fans are going to be like oh you spoiled you spoiled players
0: that's my sense. Is, yeah, I think I think it'll backfire. I think that the 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 canceling games one day, especially for the Milwaukee team, who's literally right there. I mean, this right. happened in their backyard. I kind of get that, and I and I support. Like I said, I, I hemmed and hawed, but on the radio show, I said I support what they did. You know, and shutting down yesterday, I think you know made a point. But if they continue to shut down, or they decide they're just done and they're not going to play, then I think that'll backfire, and a lot of their fans are going to go, "Yeah, you're a bunch of spoiled millionaires." Um, yeah. I'm done with basketball, you know, don't bother yep. coming back basically.
1: Yes. Yes. I, yes. Um, especially, you know, sports just came back and yeah. every guy I know, I, I, I'm not so much the women, but every guy I know has been like, yay, sports is back because
0: yeah,
1: that's their escape, right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's how you spend your weekends to unwind and not think about work and not think about, responsibilities you just go enjoy the game. And if these players are going to, you know, pick up their toys and go home, um I think it I think people are going to be upset about that.
0: Mhm. Yeah. The Milwaukee Bucks released this fo- the following statement. We're calling for justice for Jacob Blake and demand the officers be held accountable. Um for this to occur, it is imperative that the Wisconsin State Legislature uh vote uh, uh, reconvene after uh, months of inaction and take up meaningful measures to address the issues of police accountability, brutality and criminal justice reform we encourage all citizens to educate themselves, take peaceful and responsible action and remember to vote on November 3rd despite the overwhelming plea for change there have been no actions so our focus cannot be on basketball I okay
1: does, does, does Kenosha have a have a history of police violence, or is this a one off for them?
0: Well, uh, George Hill was um, uh, in the, not in Kenosha specifically, but was in that same area in the Milwaukee area, wasn't he?
1: Um, I don't even. Remember uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, George, Hill
0: is. George. I'm 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 George Hill's the basketball player who read the statement. I'm sorry. I'm getting names mixed up here. Um, the the guy who got his knee on his neck, um, what was his name? Um, and that was killed oh, by the Floyd. police officer, Floyd George Floyd. Thank you. It was George, but I got I got the names uh, yeah, wrong that in my was head, in, so yeah, I apologize. That, that's
1: true. That's true. So we've got two instances. Um, right.
0: All but right. you know, two that we're aware of that are making public news that that you know you and I, hundreds of miles away, hear about people in that community probably could give you more examples of something. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there
1: are. So, well, you know,
0: have you ever watched the movie and it's, it's a work of fiction, but have you watched, um, um, uh, is it queen, queen and queenie and slim queen, slim and queen, queen and slim. Have you ever watched that movie? Um, it was on, it's on HBO right now. And it's, uh, uh, a guy and a girl on a first date, the date's not going that great, but they're on their way back home, uh, African-Americans. They get pulled over by a police officer who's you know, treating them very belligerent, belligerently, um, makes him get out of the car, asks to search his trunk. She's an attorney, so she's questioning the cop and asking for his badge number. She gets out of the car. He yells at her, freaks out, and his gun goes off. He shoots the woman. Uh, she's not dead, but she's shot in the leg. As he does that, then the guy basically jumps on top of the police officer to say, stop, don't kill her, don't kill us. And as they tumble, I don't know whether the gun goes off and he gets killed or he hits his head on the curb, but the police officer gets killed. And so it's these two on the run and trying to, because they're panicking as to what, you know, what to do because they've accidentally. And, of course, there's dash cam showing everything that happened. And this officer clearly turned and shot her, you know, unarmed woman saying, why are you doing this to us? Why are you harassing us? Why are you, you know? Anyway, yes. uh, it's it, I got to watch uh, the first maybe three quarters of it or two thirds of it yesterday. And then uh, 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 my daughter called and I talked to her on the phone. So I didn't um, uh, uh, see the end of it but uh, it was actually very intriguing it's very interesting because it all it gives you A it's a good story it's well done it's a good movie and and really good acting but B it was um, also giving you the perspective of of the African American community you know because how these people not only uh, while they were on the run interacting with others because everybody kind of knew who they were even though they you know she she changed her hairstyle and he he got his hair cut shaved because he had a beard initially you know it's not like you don't know who they are if their pictures are all over the news so um, yeah it was just it was, anyway I, I I actually like the movie what I've seen of it thus far I'll try to watch the rest of it today um, but I recommend that to uh, to anybody
1: cool yeah let me see if I can I'll get let's... the
0: actual name since I kind of was bum fumbling that
1: Queenie and Slim you said
0: uh, it's called Queen and Slim and slim yeah 2019 uh road crime drama uh Ah. directed by uh uh, a a female director too that's interesting and hearing that i kind of get it because um i don't know female directors have a little bit of a different sensibility and the female character was just really well written and well acted so this this doesn't surprise me actually female screenplay female um or or playwright and female uh, director as well uh, from a story that was written by James Frey and and then the lady who did the screenplay, uh, Lena Waith. So they wrote the story or, or came up with the story, and then she wrote the screenplay. So, um, cool. yeah, yeah, I think you would enjoy it. It's it's uh, I mean, it's sort of an action film, obviously, because it's you know it's it's sort of in the uh, genre of you know on the run, wrongfully. Uh, you know, uh, attacked by the police officer in the first place, but but you know, as as the uh, as as Slim character says, it's like, well, "I am guilty," you know, I did it. I mean, I tussled with the cop and he's dead. You know, at one point, he he, he says that. You know, um, uh, but anyway, wow, Queen and Slim.
1: Wow. So, um, mm-hmm. I actually was thinking about getting rid of my HBO. Uh, subscription because I got it during game of thrones and there Uh hasn't been anything. Well, I mean, I guess there was that, um, uh, yesterday was a good movie, but there really hasn't Uh been anything that's drawn me to HBO since then.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's not like you couldn't have found that to watch somewhere else. You could have bought that for, for, for one month of HBO and then not paid for the rest of it. But yeah, yeah. It's funny. You know, you think about it during the, during the, um, the COVID lock in lockdown or just during any time I seem to cycle through different things. So I'll watch a lot of Netflix for a while. Then I'll watch Hulu for a while. I could probably almost subscribe to these serially and stop one when I switch to the next one. And then, you know, and, and then, and save myself a lot of money. Um, but, but I think about it and you're right. HBO is not one that I have gone to a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, I used to watch a lot of HBO and Uh now I'm just, now I'm just not. And it's probably been, you know, a good six, eight months since I even tried listening, but watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, wow, that, I I think maybe Tobin is watching, but that'll right right there. will tell you, maybe it hasn't been quite that long, but right that, that right there tells you that I shouldn't be spending that money.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're not uh, capturing your mind share of entertainment. So what's, why are you spending the money on it? Now I will say that it's, it's part of the TV package that I have. So I was watching it on regular TV or our cable through our uh, satellite system. And so I was watching it that way. I wasn't watching it through the, the streaming thing. But there really isn't right now a whole lot that they've had, and I haven't watched them in a while either. It seems like I've gone back and forth between Netflix and Hulu and, um, you know, a few other things. I've, I've watched some uh, uh, Disney and some um, some CBS. Uh, I watched all the, the Star Trek stuff that CBS had. Um So, yeah, I don't know. You know, HBO used to be sort of the top of that. You know, them and Netflix were sort of the two that were winning uh, awards for their great, you know, uh, content. And uh, since Game of Thrones ended, there's not a whole lot there that I'm that thrilled to see.
1: Yeah. Game of Thrones was this. How do you top that? You don't. I mean, although, you know, you think about HBO shows that have been iconic. um, The Sopranos. The um, obviously Game of Thrones. People really liked Big Love, although I I don't care for it. Um, you know, so there are other I watched, HBO shows that people yeah. have
0: liked. I watched uh, Big Love for a season or two, um, and I you know, and I never really watched a lot of The Sopranos, but that was a long time ago in the world of entertainment. I mean, it's um, I guess I could go back and watch it now, um, but yeah, it's like I'm just trying to think of like, well, what is it that they have that i would want to see you know i'm trying to think of it they've got a new series out called love lovecraft company country lovecraft country that's hard to say um i do watch occasionally last week tonight with john oliver but i get a little tired of tiring of his shtick
1: yeah me too his uh
0: his delivery is just it gets snarky and, and irritating after a while um i like their hard knock series uh and that's right now this year they're doing the um the camps for both the chargers and the rams together since they're both in la and they're both going to have a new stadium and i like that they're in their 15th season of that and you can watch the previous seasons but it's interesting to see the seasons um the the teams as they're going through camp and they get to follow certain players and they always pick a few and some of them end up getting cut and others don't and they probably follow more players, and some of them they don't even end up, they edit out, right, because the storyline right. isn't as interesting. Um, but uh, but this year it's the Chargers and the Rams, so it's close to home. So it's a good way to also get to know your team. Um, I remember that they did uh, the Rams the last year that Jeff Fisher was their coach, and I remember watching that going, this guy's a terrible coach. How on earth did he get this job? You know, and being a <laughs> coach myself, I'm pretty critical of coaches and how they handle people and how they, you know. And he, he was fired at the end of the season. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even sure he made it through the whole season, actually. Um, you know, Why was he and terrible? Then, what was he doing? He just, he just didn't handle people very well. He didn't make good people decisions. And it seemed to me that, to be honest, he was in over his head in terms of managing his coaching staff and knowing how to run a football team. That he might be good as a position coach, but that he didn't seem to have... he his. His his skill set and his and his approach to things wasn't broad enough to know how to run the whole program, and gotcha. and and he didn't didn't inspire others to to raise to their to their you know best selves, and uh, and and so it was it was you know just just his human skills more than anything else um, you know I mean I can I guess I can't be overly critical about what he knows about football and doesn't know because I don't know but I mean obviously he wasn't being very successful either which is why he lost his job so. Um, although well, I noticed it, he's picked up a job, he's been in a commercial recently, so for like oh. FanDuel or something like that. <laughs>
1: well, you know, coaching is is as much about um, motivating, and I imagine—I mean, it's you know, motivating your staff, motivating your team. I imagine mm-hmm. NFL, pro sports—you're dealing with some pretty massive egos, and so how do yeah. you how do you get the best they can give out of mm-hmm. people who are that? you know, who are egoistic and who are,
0: who know how good they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would say that the, the, the the successful coaches, first of all, most of them do have quite an ego as well. Um, But two things, one is, one is that they know and, and demand and focus on, even with the best in the world, they focus on the fundamentals of what it is you're doing, whatever that sport is. And those coaches know that inside out and backwards and they know how to, to tell you when you are and are not doing the fundamental fundamentals correctly. They assume that you've got, you know, the, 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 you know, other stuff. And then, but the biggest thing is, is the, the brain part getting it, you know, getting into your athletes heads, uh, understanding when they need an attaboy and when they need a kick in the butt and, uh, and you know, how to, like you said, motivate them, stay, keep them energized and enthused about what they're doing. Um, and you know the, the best coaches are the ones who who are aware of that and 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 stay on that. Uh, you know, one other HBO show that I do watch. Well, there's two really. Uh, I actually watch Bill Maher's show. Um, uh, I don't always agree with him politically, but he always is interesting and entertaining as he as he does his shows. And he usually tries to have at least one person who has a an opinion counter to his. On his shows. And obviously he likes political humor. So he talks a lot about politics and stuff like that, but he does it in a humorous way. And he's, he, you know, he's not afraid to, even though he is a very liberal, uh, liberal libertarian type of attitude, he's not afraid to skewer those people too, when he feels like they've done something stupid or said something stupid. And And uh, I just like comedians. You know, I like comedians and and their approach to life. I I enjoy um, comedians in cars getting coffee just because I like listening to them talk and laugh with each other because they're smart people usually. They're, you know, thoughtful and and well-read people in order to do their job. Um, And then the one other show that I have watched is actually LeBron James' show. Um, I have watched uh, he and I think it's his business partner, Maverick Carter, uh, do a, a a show called The Shop. And it's basically set in a fake barbershop, but they've got barbers there, so sometimes people are taking turns in the chairs getting their haircuts during the show. But they're usually talking about current events as well. And it's just, you know, basically what it would be like sitting at a barbershop shooting the breeze with a bunch of folks that you know. You know, to cool, say, Hey, actually. you I've know, I go on one. the first Tuesday of every month to go get my haircut and and this group of guys is always there. Those are the ones that come on the first Tuesday of the month or the, you know, the third Wednesday of the month or whatever, you know, uh, and so, you know, we meet there and we, you know, shoot the shit and, um. And it's actually very interesting. And they have, and then they, they, you know, usually it's it's uh, James and or um, Maverick Carter, who's this, the the host, and then and then they have a revolving door of people who come in to to sit and talk. And they're athletes and entertainers, and um, you know, uh, largely African American, but not exclusively. There's there's very often. Um, excuse me, um, uh, people of different races there. Um, I've seen, I think, one with an Asian guy, and there's been a couple different white guys there. And it's just interesting to hear everybody's opinions, and they tend to you know, literally let their hair down and talk about it. And they've also included some women, so it's not just a bunch of guys sitting at the barbershop. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept for a talk show, basically.
1: I think it's, it sounds great. I I, uh, yeah. uh, I want to check it out. I've never even heard of it.
0: So yeah, that's what, called what, the, the Shop.
1: The, the moral of the story is that before I unplug HBO, let me see what's on there.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's why well, when we said this, we started this conversation. It was like, shoot, you know, I'm not even sure what's there, so let me go look and see. And I found a few things. Oh, yeah, I guess I do kind of watch these things once in a while. I don't watch them regularly, but every once in a while I'll go like, oh, yeah, that's on. That's there. I have not watched this new one, um, Lovecraft Country. um, um are are you familiar with um well, uh, you had
1: kind of talked about it a while back and right. um but i i have not no i have not watched it
0: well um lovecraft the author who a lot of these stories are kind of based on his stuff was a um a, sort of a renowned racist and uh and so it's very interesting that this is all uh uh all, uh, all the the key characters here are played by african american actors um, but it's basically, uh, them on a road trip across 1950s, sort of Jim Crow, American South. And that's sort of the, the, the setting for this, but, oh. um, but HG Lovecraft was, you know, like modern sort of horror. And so what this Stephen has King that, kind of horror? uh, kind of, I mean, he was Stephen King before Stephen King was Stephen King. Right. Right. He, he, he wrote, um, a lot of, um, uh, sort of sci-fi weird things that, you know, like, you know, what something goes bump in the night and you go to explore what it is. And it turns out to be an alien with tentacles that eats you or things like, you know, oh, that I mean, does he
1: sound
0: like Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, he, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the best way to say he was Stephen King before Stephen King was Stephen King, you know? And, uh, and so, do you think that
1: Stephen King probably read his work while he was growing up?
0: I suspect he probably did. Um if he didn't, he probably has since then and learned uh what was going on, you know, I mean uh, who the guy was. I I I'm sure he was aware of him growing up. But uh uh yeah, he, he was uh an interesting interesting person to begin with, but um you know, he was a a unfortunately a, a very notorious racist um as a human being. His stories are very cool, but uh doesn't seem like he was. So um, anyway, um, I might check that that uh, those shows out as well because I haven't. Um, yet. that that one just started. I don't know, like a month ago. So there's several episodes of it that are out.
1: Oh, well, it sounds so. interesting. Yeah, I think I'll go check it out too. Um, you know, I, I Tobin has been uh, on a kick watching old episodes of NYPD Blue on Hulu. He
0: was telling he, me about that.
1: He is like hooked and. And so I will go in another room and watch on my computer because we really only have one television that we use because, um, uh-huh. you know, anything else we we just stream. And you on don't
0: want to watch NYPD Blue is what you're saying?
1: I'm, I'm I'm getting I mean, it's a good show, but, you know, and bless his heart. I, I, I have done that to him with Grey's Anatomy. So, yeah. you know, I, I,
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> this is the anti Grey's Anatomy show. Yes, huh? <laughs>
1: exactly. So I can't really complain.
0: <laughs> it's funny when that show was on i used to call it nippin
1: N- yes nippid blue that's exactly what i call it Yeah,
0: it was nippin well, I nippin I good give it's an it excellent it.
1: show it really is
0: it was yeah excellent show um The uh, you know I mean it won a lot of awards and and rightfully so some great acting and some great storylines and you know it's one of those iconic shows so I can understand why he'd want to go back and watch it and uh, yeah he mentioned that the other day and I was like oh yeah I've I've forgotten about NYPD Blue you know there are a lot of good shows like that that were just um, uh, iconic and and some hold up really well he says you know that this one holds up well I had watched some old um, All in the Family. Things you know, and that was from the seventies, and yes. there was just too many references and too many cultural th- uh, touch points from from the seventies that just don't make sense anymore. It was, although entertaining, it was not uh, poignant anymore. And when it was originally out, it was very poignant and very um, on point, and on topic for what was going on in the world, you know, circa yes. nineteen seventy
1: four. Yes, yeah, it was. It was groundbreaking. It was a phenomenal show back then. Yeah. Um, and it got, got Rob, Rob Reiner his start.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, as if he needed any help, right? I mean, his dad was Carl yeah. Reiner, so he was certainly going to have opportunities that, that the average person wouldn't when he went knocking on doors saying, hey, my name's Rob, and I want to direct a movie. <laughs> uh, so yes. uh, that said, he's one of my favorite directors. I mean, uh, very often when I look at watching movies, uh, or if I'm especially, you know, at home, if I'm saying, well, what do I want to do? I will go look up a director and and just scan through the list of stuff they've done. And he's one of them that I will just like, oh, you know, if Rob Reiner was involved, then it's probably pretty good. Um, You know, he is um, just super, super talented storyteller. And that's what I enjoy about, you know, I mean, if you look at his his list of stuff, like he does um, Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. Stand By Me was one of his. He directed and was producer on Princess Bride when Harry Met Sally. Misery, which is a Stephen King story, which was just—I fin- mean, that was—we sort of had um, uh, Kathy Bates introduced to the world in that movie. I mean, she'd yeah. been around for a while, but that was sort of like her big, um, like, coming out party, right? A Few Good Men was one of his movies. Um, you know, Ghosts of Mississippi was pretty good. Rumor has it was cute. Um, the Bucket List—I love that movie. That was one of his movies. Um, you know, they're just—he—he—he's a good storyteller. I don't think I've seen
1: the bucket list
0: oh you haven't that is um, Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman and they meet each other in a cancer treatment center because they're both dying and so so they, they make a bucket list
1: and hilarity ensues I'm sure
0: yeah, well, it turns out that Jack Nicholson is this super, super rich guy who who basically buys up hospitals and then cuts them down to the wick in terms of what they're allowed to spend. And, of course, then he ends up in a hospital that he owns where they they all go, yeah, we know who you are. You fired everybody here. Oh! <laughs> and uh, And so he sort of learns that, okay, there are certain things you can't cut out of hospitals because... Patients actually need people to, to help them um, as he becomes one of those patients. It's just, it's a cute story. I don't want to give it all away. But yeah, they, they make a bucket list, and then because he's super wealthy, they, the story of the movie is basically them checking things off that list, you know, and their interactions with each other and with their families about, you know, doing these things.
1: There's some old movies that I want to go back. Like, I want to go back and watch um, some. Uh... Uh, uh, Oh my gosh! Is it Don Lemon and, um, like the Odd Couple movies and? and Oh, Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. And Walter Matthau. Thank you, Don Lemon. Mm -hmm. Who's Don Lemon? I don't even know. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I bet there is a Don Lemon out there.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure there is a Don Lemon out there. (laughs)
0: Don Lemon is an American television journalist Born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana He anchored weekend news programs on local television stations In Alabama and Pennsylvania during his early days as a journalist
1: Well, there you go Good, good, there you go
0: He was a news um, correspondent for NBC
1: Oh, oh Wait a He later achieved probably... prominence as a
0: presenter of CNN Tonight In oh, 2014 that's
1: who Don Lemon is, that's right Sorry, he was having a
0: brain yeah. fade Yeah Apparently yes, he's sorry. still at CNN. I know, I know
1: exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Sorry, having a <laughs> uh, anyway. I, those are some of the movies that I um, uh, uh, I, I want to go back and see some of those old ones and see how how well they hold up. You know, because one of the things that the older movies, because you know, uh, uh, the standards being what they were in that day, um, a lot of the the comedy is is innuendo, right? And so. Um, yeah, it's very it's very intelligent do- double entendres and um, like yeah, either and-
0: that or, or cross dressing, right?
1: Because well, yes, Jack Lemon was
0: famously that. in the Marilyn Monroe movie where the uh, he and Tony Curtis dressed up as women in an all women's band, right? As if the two of them looked like women somehow.
1: So it was that um, was some like it hot, right? Right. So. By the way,
0: Don Lemon came out as gay in his memoir titled *Transparent* in two thousand and eleven.
1: Oh, that's not at all surprising. Not at all. Not at all. That I'm sure everybody was like, "Yeah, we know." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever had anybody come out to you and you're like, "Yeah, I know," because I have. It's it's, Um, how did you know? Like, I know. I just know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just you know. Eh. Um, I have not. I worked in a in a business that was uh, owned by a couple of gay men, and was probably eighty-five to ninety percent gay employees. And so, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time working with people who are gay and and knew the and you know, but I and but they were all out. So it wasn't like there was any surprise there. Um, I take that back. I did. I, I have had a woman who, who, uh, who was concerned that maybe it wasn't, um, uh, something that the company would like, but she told me that she was gay. Yeah. Co-worker. And did you know? Um, I did not. I did not. It didn't matter. I mean, but, uh, yeah. She shared the office next to me and uh, she came over. It was ironic because what it was is we both were, had our doors open and, and she then after, I guess she got off the phone and she came over and she goes, I'm not sure if you heard that, but, um, you know, and then she, she was afraid that I had overheard her conversation and she just wanted to let me know and let me know that she was concerned that she didn't want to talk about it, you know, in the office. And I was like, Hey, I didn't hear your conversation at all. So no, I didn't know, but if you don't want to talk about it, then we don't want to talk about it. I mean, yeah. you know, your private life is your private now. life. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, you know, I, I don't talk to you about, about you know, my private life either. And so, um, but we actually, uh, you know, just sort of being office neighbors we got to be friends over a period of time. I think that, I mean, I, we had introduced, we knew each other, but we didn't know each other well. Um, but we actually became closer friends after that. That's nice. So, Yeah. Yeah, and in fact, it was ironic that um, uh, we were on our way to uh, Hawaii, my wife and I, for our anniversary in. Um, I think it was our 10th anniversary, or. Yeah, it was our 10th anniversary. We were on our way to Hawaii. Uh, and turns out she and her partner were also going to Hawaii, and they were on the same flight.
1: Oh, that's nice!
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, they were going to a different place on the island than we were, and we didn't see them while we were there. But we found out we were on the same flight, and so I got to meet her partner, and she went and met, met my uh, wife, and, and it was kind of nice, yeah.
1: That is nice. That is nice. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. Some people you can tell, and some people you can't. That's, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, there are people who exactly that, that gaydar isn't real, but, you know, sometimes you just know. I'm a pretty intuitive person.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I'm pretty empathic, and so um, I pick up a lot of stuff. I don't always, but um, anyway, that's uh, yeah. That yeah, is, that has happened.
0: Um, yeah, to me. well, I've 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 known some people who who I'm pretty sure they were gay, and even if they didn't know it or hadn't been, you know, open about it, I'm pretty sure they were gay. And I've had other people go, yeah, yeah, he's gay. He, he just doesn't talk about it. I uh, was <laughs> <I'm> like, okay, okay <laughs> <I can't. laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, the, the beautiful but, thing
1: about California is that people are, are able to be themselves and mm-hmm. there's not a stigma for them to just be who they are and live their lives on their terms. Now, you know, if it, th- 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 I don't mean that. I, some people go, yes, but, you know, some people are destructive. No, I, I'm talking about your average person going to work, raising a family, living their lives, you know, you can mm-hmm. do you in this state. And that's nice. I like that.
0: Yeah, and that's 99% of the people out there, right? I mean, it's yes. like, I'm just, you know... It's like what I'm doing doesn't hurt you in any way shape or form so why would you care? You exactly. Know? What happens in 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 my house and in my bedroom is up to me. And that's, you know, and and most people you're right in California go, "Yeah, whatever." Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> yeah, you know. You. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is one nice thing about California too, you know. That and and honestly, um, you know, I spent a few years in Pennsylvania. I missed the cultural diversity of Southern California, where I lived in Pennsylvania, it was in the Pittsburgh area in the suburbs, North of the town, beautiful place, wonderful people, but everybody looked like me. I mean, you know, or I shouldn't say that they were probably more Italian than, than, than the, you know, pasty looking, you know, germanic english <laughs> because there was a lot of darker hair than me um but but, but what i'm saying you know is a bunch of white people basically um yes. and um and although there was some great italian food there was no hispanic food there really wasn't any good chinese food you never saw people who i mean there were some african americans in in pittsburgh proper down in the city but it, it there just seemed to be more isolation there were more walls between people of different skin colors. Yep. You know? Yep. And I, I, and I really it was funny how much I missed it.
1: Um so our my son um had the same he he lived about 2 hours south of Pittsburgh in West Virginia yeah. and he had the same reaction. And and I told that to people and they go what you're white, but he's white. I'm like, "Yeah, but he went to Colton High School. All of our friends are uh, I mean, but our friends are the United Nations. I mean, that's California." Right. And that's he just wasn't used to First of all, the culture, even the white culture, and I'm using air quotes, is different there because it's a different place, mm-hmm. and the people have different yeah. history. Then there's, you know, so it's different, and
0: yeah. you know, especially
1: if... Hispanic culture has such a, a huge influence on Southern California culture in general that you know I think he would have probably felt more comfortable in Mexico than he would have felt than he felt in West Virginia, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah and it and it wasn't like there was necessarily a sense of antagonism. It was just like why well, why different. do you want to hang out with yeah, why do you want to hang out with them? You know, it was them and us. There was that sort of sensibility of them and us. And it wasn't like I said antagonistic or angry. It was just like a curiosity almost. Yes. And and for my part, it was sort of like why wouldn't i you know he's a nice yeah, guy right. or she's a nice person or you know i mean you'll never know that if you don't say hi to them every day you know, <laughs> you know it's just you know if you see yeah. somebody at work why wouldn't you you know and and it was just it was weird it was just there was a sense of weirdness there it was just different you know just a different sensibility you Indeed. know and 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 it's that way in in a lot of places that that i guess you know that's one of the really kind of attractive things about Southern California is that it really is kind of a melting pot, you know, in, in the best sense of that. Now there yes. are probably a lot of people here who would argue that there are very much not melting pot areas as well. And that, yeah. and that, you know, okay. there's issues with racial, you know, uh, inequities and, 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 Indeed. you know, it's not like we're, we're perfect, but, uh, and, and we certainly aren't, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I missed it.
1: So, really quickly here at the end of the podcast for today, um, a U.S. kid is accused of totally mucking up the Scottish Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: I used to have kids who would come in at lunch because I taught in a computer lab, and that's what they would do for fun: is they'd go into Wikipedia pages and just type in like fake things about people, and then laugh and giggle, and you know, and it would get it would get changed back within you know an hour. I mean, it, it didn't last, but they just thought it was the funniest thing to 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 go in and and talk about you know, insert political or, or public persona and their their affinity to you know. Like rice pudding or something, you know. <laughs> it so, was...
1: so the the main instru- main administrator for Scots Wikipedia—that's the Scots language version of Wikipedia—has held that role for more than seven years and may be responsible for close to half of the site's content. The problem is, the the administrator doesn't even speak the language. So, vice's vice reports that a Reddit user who apparently speaks Scots stumbled upon the site one day and was surprised to see so much of it written in standard English, uh, but as if the writer had a Scottish accent, like comically bad entries that read like they came from groundskeeper Willie on The Simpsons. Um, for example, <laughs> an, entry for, an entry for the film Mil, Million Dollar Baby noticed it's a boot, an unappreciated boxer, I can't do it, boxing trainer, like, like it, it's written in bad like English. So the Reddit yeah. user counted more than 20,000 articles and 200,000 plus edits by Amaryllis Gardner, uh, self-described as a teen from North Carolina. Uh, Vice notes that while editions of the Wikipedia written in major languages have lots of editors contributing, those in lesser-used languages also have few editors. Um, and so the Reddit poster calls what the administrator has done cultural vandalism. I think this person has possibly done more damage to the Scots language than anyone else in history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's including uh, the character on The Simpsons. Yes, exactly. So,
1: so Amaryllis oh. is now pleading with people to stop the harassment on social media, noting, I was only a 12-year-old kid when I started. He was 12! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so.
0: And it's taken... Th- How old is he now? How long has it been going on before somebody yeah, actually it, recognized it that it was... It doesn't say. It
1: doesn't say. So
0: the nature of the thing is
1: unclear somewhat some want all of the all of his content taken down while others say to scrap the site uh, altogether michael dempster head of the scots language center is hoping the offending content can be simply simply be edited we know that this kid has put an incredible amount of work it's a great resource
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is so funny yeah it's like oh gosh do we keep it now do we now isolate it as a separate a, a separate thread, right? A, dif- a different branch that is that is um, ironical. <laughs> there's there's cultural comedic value to this.
1: <laughs> it, indeed, <laughs>
0: that is so funny.
1: So with that, that is I am completely out of time. I have to I have to scoot. So.
0: Well, you got but to it, go scoot now.
1: Exactly. I can't. That's a hard accent. I can't do it. I cannot do it. So, yeah. with that, we're at the end of our show. Yeah.
0: I have to watch a whole bunch of Sean Connery movies before I yeah, can like, exactly. you know, get the feel, exactly. get the flow. So, anyway, yeah, thank you for joining us today. I'm Todd Brinker.
1: And I'm Erin Brinker. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.